turn to Proverbs chapter number 11. Thank you for the challenge there. And let's be soul winners. Amen. Let's be soul winners. God's called us to be soul winners. Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs chapter number 11. We left off at the end of verse number 20 last week. We're going to finish Proverbs 11 tonight. All God's people said, okay, here we go. I didn't say the book of Proverbs. I said Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. Lord, bless now, please. I need your help, your wisdom, and your power. I want to say only that which should be said and leave off anything that should not be said. Would you direct me to that end? And uh, please use uh, these truths tonight to encourage and direct and instruct thy people in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 11. Again, we're in this section of Proverbs that stand alone. And uh, a lot of them uh, you'll find... Uh, Turn it just a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, You'll find these uh, Proverbs uh, uh, start with a statement and then a follow-up statement which expands upon or uh, reemphasizes or says the same truth a different way. And my goal is to just give you a statement from uh, just about every verse. A few of them uh, kind of go together, and I'll uh, give you a statement for a group of verses. And we'll do that tonight at least once. Uh, But but I want you to... uh, uh, I, I want you to uh, uh, get something you can use in your day-to-day life. Amen? This is a good book. It's a practical book. All right. Let's, let's start verse 21. Just a little bit halfway between where we were, fellas, and where we are now, if you don't mind. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. I like to hear myself. I just, no, I'm sorry. Verse number 21. Here we go. Though hand, join in hand... The wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Now, what he's referencing here is an unholy alliance. He's referencing an unholy alliance. So we could say it this way. Don't seek security. In unholy alliances. Don't seek security in unholy alliances. Can can I tell you something that the the wrong crowd will will always try to do? The wrong crowd is notorious for trying to get somebody from the good crowd to go with them to legitimize what they're doing. And don't be flattered because you say, listen, better to be a loner than to fall in with the wrong crowd. And and uh, and oftentimes the wrong crowd will sort of court somebody who's got a good testimony, wants to do right, and say, come on, you know, I, you, you you be part of our group. Uh, listen, you, you don't, the fear of man bringeth a snare. You need friends, but you don't need friends that bad. And by the way, those aren't friends. Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think about Ahab. This is what Ahab did. Ahab wanted to, to retake Ramoth Gilead. It was a strategic city. It lay between uh, the northern tribes and the southern tribes of Israel and of Judah. So, so Jehoshaphat was a God-fearing man. He said, Jehoshaphat, why don't you go with us? This will help both of us. Let's go to war together and take Ramoth Gilead. And, um, and uh, Jehoshaphat had no business joining with Ahab, none whatsoever. Ahab and his wife are notorious or Baal worship. Remember that? They were idol worshipers. And anyway, Josh fell for it. 
And uh, it didn't go well for Ahab. Ahab ended up getting killed. Remember that? Joshphat survived. But let me tell you who didn't survive. When those two kings made an alliance, guess what happened? Their children met each other. And Ahab and Jezebel's daughter took a shine to Jehoshaphat's, the God-fearing dad, to his son. They ended up getting married. And that's how Baal worship got from the northern kingdom down to the southern kingdom. Why? Hey, let me tell you something, boys. Let me say something to you. Do you know what you're going to do? You, do, you better marry a girl that's separated, that loves God. Find somebody that is standing where you stand, that loves, wants to be in a good fundamental Baptist church. Amen. Because i got news for you. Nine out of ten of you are not strong enough to lead your home. And you're going to go where she wants you to go. It's quiet. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Most men, to keep the peace, will follow. That's just the... I mean, that's just truth. That's truth of it. Try not to make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> I just is what it is. So, fellas, listen. You fellas just say, I want to serve God in my life. You're not going to serve God very long if you don't find a girl that wants to serve God. And, of course, vice versa. Ladies, obviously, if you want to serve God. You, listen, look, girls, let me say, don't marry some guy you're going to have to drag for the rest of your life. And if you ever, get, if you ever fall to that and start dragging him, then you, you'll never have a spiritual leader in your home. Because if he follows you, when you drag him, then he's not the leader. If you messed up, then the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut and just get behind the man. Get behind him. Be a good follower. Amen? That's God's plan anyway. Praise the Lord. This is good stuff, isn't it? I just teach my wife down here. She's got all that straight. I just teach you, sweetie. That, uh, Asa made the same mistake. And he had he exercised his faith when he was a young man. And, and, and God... He beat, he beat the odds, like like a million, like two to one against the Ethiopians. And then he got older, and, and, he, and God, he prospered, and he said, I don't need God anymore. And so he sold, he, this is crazy, he sold things out of the tabernacle and hired Ben-Hadad, who was a, a king of Assyria. <laughs> he hired an enemy to help him with his battle, and it didn't go well, and he got sick, and you remember that? He got diseased in his feet, and he... he, he uh, uh, it went bad for him. You don't need, listen, let me give two examples of this. Number one, gangs. The boys on the streets of our cities here in America are getting invited to these gangs. Why? Because they're security, so they think in it. They can fit in somewhere. They can belong somewhere. Uh, listen, you, you, don't, you don't need a gang. You don't need a gang. I, 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 you know, um, be a loner for Jesus. Amen. Jesus was alone. Amen. But but uh, uh, gangs, they, they find their security in numbers. They find their securities in numbers. But you know what I found out? When, when they're individuals, I talked to many of individuals during that season of my life, you know. And they're totally different individually. Now, can, can I tell you something? If, if you can't stand alone... Yeah, we're talking about gangs. I'm talking about street gangs and crime and so forth. But you know, you got gangs in other places. You got gangs in schools. You got gangs in church. I'm not talking about street gangs like crime. I'm talking about groupies. Right. No groupies. If you cannot 
stand for what's right in a groupie than get you another groupie. Or start your own group. Say, nobody wants to be my group. You might be surprised. There's probably some other people want to do right. And you go along with something just so you can be... That's, that's, not, that's not friendship. If somebody wants to misbehave and wants you to join with them to misbehave, that's not friendship. Yeah, once you take a stand, you might wind up with a real friend. Somebody who wants to do right with you. If you join, though hand join in hand. It's talking about a partnership here in this verse. It's talking about a partnership, though hand join in hand. If you join hands with the wrong crowd, you're going to fall with the wrong crowd. It's going to happen. I, I'm thinking of a young man right now. I remember visiting him in prison. And uh, he's a good kid. Grew up in our youth group. And uh, at, one, at one point surrendered his life to the Lord. And he wound up in prison. And, uh, and I, I believe him. I believe his story. But he said, Pastor, I, I let a buddy stay with me. And one day the police came, stormed our house. And what I didn't know was a buddy was stashing drugs in the house. And he, and he told the police, he said, I don't have, there's no drugs here. Well, yeah, there was drugs there. Now, um, you better be careful who you run with. Find your security in the Lord. Now, let me give you a second example of this. Let's talk about our country for a minute. George Washington said this. Listen to this statement. I'm talking about our founding father. Said, avoid foreign entanglements. Respect every nation and join none. Have you noticed of late that the, that the, the leftists, the liberals, the globalists, the people who are, going to want to, are, are, are already jockeying for a position under the Antichrist... You know they start using a, 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 a phrase, Christian nationalism. Have you heard that? Christian nationalism. So what they're trying to do is, is, if, is they're trying to paint Christianity, patriotism, love of country as some wacky idea. And... and uh, and first of all, listen, my allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen. But God put me in this country and I love my country. Amen. I love my country. And, um, and, and it's unique. Uh, America is unique in the countries of the world. In human history, it's unique. And uh, our founding and, and the fear of God and what our founding fathers had to say about the word of God. We're just unique. Freedom. Freedom. The Bible said, you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. There's much truth on, the, on these shores. People came here because they wanted to worship the Lord according to the dictates of their own conscience. And that truth brought forth much freedom. We're losing our freedom because truth is falling in the streets, as the Bible said. And equity cannot pass. The reason there's so much injustice, equity is justice, is because truth is falling. And that's why I believe, listen, I believe the most important thing that's happened in our country is what's happening behind pulpits just like this all over America. That's the most important thing that, that can save our nation. And But anyway, George Washington said, uh, avoid foreign entanglements. America, listen, America should not align itself with other nations. I'm not talking about that we should not have allies. We go to war, we have allies and partnership. I, I, but America 
should stand as an independent nation. Americans should love America, want to be a Stanford University. I told you this a month or two ago. Stanford University published a list of words you can't say on campus because they're not inclusive and they're not politically correct. One of them is American. On Stanford University, it's supposed to be where smart people go. You can't say American. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, it's not a Christian song, but forgive, give me a little grace. I'm proud to be an American. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I am. I'm, 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 I'm proud to be an American. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Now, our allegiance, I'm talking about as a nation, should be to our nation and not to a group of nations. The United Nations, quite frankly, is poison. Poison. It's like the United Council of Churches. Poison. God, listen, God is for individual rights. You read your Bible and study your Bible, God's for individual rights. Socialism, which is, which is, you know, life's not fair because somebody's got more than I've got, is a devilish philosophy. It's not a biblical philosophy. People love socialism because somebody tells them they're going to get something somebody else worked for. But as soon as they have something, they don't want to be socialist anymore. Because they want somebody to take what they have and give it to someone else. The Bible, listen, the Bible teaches personal responsibility. The Bible says you work hard, you reap the reward of your labor. Whatsoever man sought that shall also reap. It says if a man won't eat, he shouldn't. If, he, if a man, man won't eat. If a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. That's God said that. God said that. If a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. If you're able-bodied and you can work, there's an opportunity for you to work and you don't take it and you'd rather sit at home because Big Brother will send you a check for being lazy. It is wicked, it is wrong, and God said you shouldn't eat. New Testament parable. He gave one man uh, five talents, one man two talents, one man one talent. He said, I'll be back. He said, you do something, you be productive. The man with five talents doubled it, became ten. The man with two doubled his, the man with one buried it, right? When the Lord came back, and that represents the Father, God the Father, when he came back, the Lord of the house in this parable represents the Lord. And the Lord came back. He said to the man, he said, "Where's uh, what would you do with your talent? He said, oh, I knew you were a hard and austere man. So I didn't want to lose it, so I buried it. He said, you are a wicked and you are a slothful servant. And then he said, take the one talent and give it to the man that hath ten. You know what God is teaching us there? God is teaching us that we should reward productivity and we should punish non-productivity. That's not about taking from a poor man given to a rich man. That's talking about taking from a non-producer, a non-worker, and giving it to somebody who produced something with it. Listen, the, 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 the pontification of, of politicians is nauseating. How unfair these greedy corporations and these rich people. Uh, they need to pay their fair share. Can, can I help you with something? Most of America is employed by those greedy people. And listen, America is the most generous nation on the face of the earth. Philanthropy, 
there's so much money given. Not even, I'm just talking about Christians. I'm talking about even unsaved people will give away so much money. And the idea that someone can get up and, and, and sit in judgment of others and say, you've got too much, that's not fair, I'm going I'm, I'm to give it away. That is the antithesis of what Scripture teaches. Communism eventually winds up with... St- follow communism. Follow the history of communism. It always brings people to starvation. Why? Because when you go work hard, driving that big equipment, and building those houses, and driving those trucks, and you don't receive the reward of your labor, you will lose your motivation. And and socialism says, okay, let's try it with your children. Some of you kids whine because you don't get a good grade. Wah, wah, wah. So let's fix it. Let's take everybody's grade. And we, we, everybody is just, uh, all, at the end of the semester, we'll take all the grades and we'll just average them out and we'll give everybody the same grade. So we got some that make A's and A pluses, really, really work hard and care about it. And go the extra mile, they're making A's and A's pluses. And then we got some flunking out. But nobody will flunk because what we'll do, we'll take all the A's and A pluses and we'll figure it out with all the F's. And so we'll get everybody about C or maybe C minus, something like that. Does that sound fair? That's socialism, friends. That's socialism. All right. This is so good. America... America does not need to look for her security in other nations. America needs to fear God, continue, take the shackles off, uh, uh, take the bondage. Look, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm not done with this. If God gave the tithe, if the church could live all 10%, uh, 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 then the government will be a little all 10%. Amen. Now, if you want to give above that, help yourself. Many of you give much more than that. And that's how this, that's how we got to be a part of that church we just saw a while ago. Because of your generosity. And the same would be true even in the, in the secular world around us, even unsafe people. If they could, if they could reap the reward of their labor. We are destroying our country by rewarding non-productivity. All right. Let's, let's keep going. Verse number 22. We are going to finish chapter 11. You're going to have to listen faster. Here we go. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout. We've got a picture for this one. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. Isn't that gorgeous? Here's a statement for you. Real beauty includes discretion. Real beauty includes discretion. There's nothing lovely about a solid gold ring when it's displayed in the snout of a pig. Here's the application. An attractive outward appearance will never make up for a lack of discretion. I don't care how pretty you are. If you lack discretion, you are an ornament on a pig's snout, is what God said in his word. Now, if you, if you remember, how many of you have been here since last February when we started this series? I'm going to be retirement age when we finish. 
Here's what we said about the word discretion. Discretion, if you didn't write it down before, write it down now. Here's a simple definition for you. Discretion means well thought out. Well thought out. It has to do with good judgment. So a lack of discretion is a lack of good judgment. Guess what a lack of good judgment leads to? Indiscretions. You understand? The word discretion uh, gives the idea of in good taste. Did you you ever see somebody, you think, did you look in the mirror before you left your house? I'm talking about things are hideous. Not just bad, just like hideous. Okay. Discretion is wise in avoiding evil. Discretion is selecting the best means to accomplish a purpose. It's you think things through before you start, before you go a certain way. It has to do with being cautious and prudent, which means prudent foresee the evil about it. He looks down the road. He thinks, where's this going to go? That's discretion. Now, folks, listen. Natural beauty is if is a gift from God. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're still awake. Listen, natural beauty is a gift from God. But there's more to beauty than just good looks. There's more to beauty than good looks. There's physical beauty and there's inner beauty. And this verse teaches us that physical beauty is not flattering when it's coupled with indiscretion. Physical beauty, let me tell you, fellas, you you fall for the first little pretty thing that pays you a little bit of attention. And you say, well, I think, you know, she's a pretty good girl. When, when, When she is embarrassing you, or when she is being indiscreet, and when all your friends find out that she's flirting with somebody else's husband, all that gorgeousness is not going to mean a lot to you. It's amazing how ugly a beautiful woman can look when she don't know when to close her mouth. And she doesn't know how to be appropriate. God's people, we need to be discreet. Well thought out. We need to stop and we need to think. Let me give you some areas. Think before you give the wrong idea. Think before you give the wrong idea. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. People say, if it's sort of in vogue. I don't care what anybody thinks. Well, the Bible says you should care. The Bible says abstain. It's not just my responsibility to avoid evil. It's my responsibility to avoid the appearance of evil. Abstain from all the appearance of evil. Um, Think before you damage your testimony. Stop and think before you damage your testimony. (laughs) It's been years ago. I don't think anybody knows who I'm talking about. But many years ago, before we had this building, uh, 
We used to have our teachers meeting down at the Wicker Building across, across the street over there. And then we come back here for church, you know, an old building. And, um, and, and, and we had a man in our church who had gotten saved and he was growing in the Lord and he got, and he got a Sunday school class and he started going to teachers meeting. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, if some people park up here, they just walk across the street, go down the Wicker Building. Where we at? Yeah, over there, that way. And, uh, but anyway, he had, this dear man had parked down there to teachers meeting and he was a good man, good man, but he just hadn't really been in that. <laughs> anyway. So my wife is coming out of the Wicker Building. And and he got in his car and he pulled up and he threw the door open. He said, "Hop in, I'll give you a ride." No, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. I apologize. I got to I got to get my story straight. The, the real story is even better. She, he had walked down there. He didn't have a vehicle. She was in her vehicle. And so she got in her car to pull back over on this side of the road, and he didn't have his car. So he, she got in a vehicle, and so he just walked up and opened the door. And jumped in. She said, what are you doing? I need a ride. She said, not with me. Oh, no, it'll be all right. She goes, no, it won't be all right. <laughs> now, he was untaught and untrained. And, I, and he was a good guy. But he lacked discretion that day. You need to stop and think. Think before you damage your testimony. Um, think, think before you ride alone in a car. Think before you eat alone with somebody that you're not married to. Think. Think. Miss Shook and I went to a meeting, and, uh, and some, some girls sit down in front of us in the meeting, and just slumped down, paid no attention. And later on, we found out one of them took a shine to one of our boys, Oh, that girl didn't. She wasn't very smart. If he was going to misbehave, that was pretty a dumb idea to sit down in front of the preacher and his wife. So the young man said, "What do you think?" I said, "I'll tell you what I think." And I told him what I thought. Girls, if you can't pay attention in church, no good boy ought to date you. I'll say it again, girls. If you can't pay attention in church, no good boy ought to date you. Boys. If you can't pay attention in church, no good girl ought to date you. Amen. Um, let me tell you something about a fox. If you ever ever see a video of a fox, you watch a fox. A fox, and here's what he does. He stops. He turns around. That's the nature of a fox. You know what that fox is doing? Everybody knows a fox is hard to catch, right? A fox is hard to track. You know what that fox is constantly doing? He stops to find out where the predator is. He listens. they got the big old ears. He listens. And he adjusts where he's going. He's going this way. He stops. He'll go another way. Stop. He'll go another way. What's he doing? He doesn't want the predator to smell him or to hear him. He's constantly making adjustments. That is an illustration of discretion. Let me make an application. God's people that have discretion, don't allow yourself to be in a position that could potentially damage your testimony. Look, if you're in a group of people, mixed company, and, uh, 
Now, I, I have not seen this happen. I'm going to use this illustration. I just want you to know I haven't seen it. I'm not correcting anything. But let's suppose you, you, you're in a group of, of, of people, and, and it's after church on Sunday night or Wednesday night or whatever, and, uh, and, and, and people are leaving, little folks are leaving there, and it started out a mixed company. And then all of a sudden you realize, you know, I was standing here with a, maybe you're a fella, and, uh, and, and you were a couple guys, and, and your families were in conversation. All of a sudden, their spouse is gone, and your spouse is gone, and everybody else is gone. It's time for you to leave, buddy. Ma'am, it's time for you to leave. Everybody understand? That's discretion. We don't mean anything by it. Exactly. You know why that fox stops and does like this? Because the fox knows somebody's after him. And i got news for you. Somebody's after you. Somebody's after you. He's, well, I didn't mean anything by it. Yeah, it's like the fox said, well, I didn't mean to get caught. Of course you didn't mean to get caught. But somebody's trying to catch you. Amen? Use some discretion. Some of you are in a message group and you ought to get out of it. The content of the message, it's time for you to get out of it. Well, if I leave the group, I don't know what my friends will say. If they ask, you just say, I'm just trying to exercise discretion. I learned about it last Wednesday night. (laughs) By the way, fellas, you don't need to be in a group with somebody else's wife. Seriously? Thumbs up on the picture. Don't thumbs up my wife. Think, 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 think. And by the way, let me just say this. Ladies, there's not a lady in this room that doesn't desire to be attractive and fit and so forth like that. But you are a Christian. You are a Christian. You do not put pictures of yourself. You're a Christian. Do you understand this? You lack discretion. You know, ladies, listen, ladies, you want to text somebody, text each other. Somebody just did. (laughs) All right. That was quick obedience. <laughs> There's more that needs to be said on this subject. I just want to challenge this God to stop. Just stop and think. Is this really? I, you said, well, I, we're not doing anything bad. I, Okay, but why not stop before that? It was completely innocent. Okay, but why not step back like that fox and just say, you know, is there is there something that if the devil wanted to use it to ensnare me or to hurt my testimony, is there something that he could use? That's what God is talking about. Think before you speak. The Bible says every idle word will give an account of. You should ask yourself, all of us, all of us, should I comment right now or should I keep quiet? Listen, one of the dangers, one of the dangers, let me just say, let me just say, moms and dads, can I make a suggestion? Get all your kids off of social media. 
Thank you for that. And then really think hard about whether you need to be on it. Think real hard, Mom and Dad, if you need to be on it. All your kids need to be off of it. Some of you cannot look at an adult in the eye, but you can. You can't carry a conversation on with an adult, but boy, you can sure comment. You are not developing your personality, your human relationships, and you are in a world of anonymity. And mom and dad, let me help you. They are not ready for it. I I love our kids. I think our kids are way above average in this church. But if you are going to learn to love people and take an interest in people and learn how to behave yourself, learn how to talk to others, learn how to to communicate, some of you, you can't can't communicate face-to-face. I love the little chocolates. I love all chocolate. I love the little chocolates, little dove chocolate. And I opened one up and put it in my mouth. It said, friend someone in person. What a novel idea. All right. Think before you join in. Can you stop and say, this is discretion. Can you stop and say, you know, this is not a conversation I should be in. This is not an activity I should participate in. Young men, let me challenge you young men. All young men, listen to me with care. Think before you laugh. What are we laughing about? Something you shouldn't be laughing about. Get some discretion. Think before you pile on. Verse 23. Y'all going to have to hurry. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. Let me give you a simple statement. Have right motives. Have right motives. What I do is important. Why I do what I do is also important. The desire. That's the key to that verse. The desire of the righteous is only good. I want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. That's my desire. Verse number 24. These several verses go together here. 24 through 26. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meet or is needed. But it tendeth to poverty. Okay, look at me for, for a minute. Here's a guy just just gives scatters, gives, 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 and 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 yet he keeps getting more. And then here's the guy that says, I you know I don't know, I don't know, you know I don't know. But he withholded more, withholds more than is necessary, and it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul. That's not talking about leftists. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's uh, liberality. It means generosity. The generous soul, the liberal soul, shall be made fat. So I don't want to be fat. That's a good, the soul fat is good fat, okay? Uh, that, that, that's, that's your, 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 uh, your emotions, your, your spirit, and so forth. You on the inside. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. There's sowing and reaping. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Here's a simple statement. Generosity leads to abundance. Generosity leads to abundance. Withholding corn. The Bible said, when it's talking about God's servants, and you've, you, church, thank you so much. You've taken care of us all these years, and I thank you for it. You're good. You're good to your pastor. Thank you. 
But you know, a lot of churches think, I think sometimes churches think it's their business to keep the pastor humble by starving him half to death. Put your position, put, listen, you've already done this, okay? But you know what churches ought to do? They ought to put their pastors in a position where he can be the most generous man in the church. I don't know, I've never said that before, but I believe it. Now I've said it. But I'm not asking for a raise. <laughs> well, actually, maybe I am. No, no. You, you take good care of me. This not, does not apply to this church. But I, I know a lot of churches that suffer because men can't give themselves to their work because of philosophy. And so, anyway, but if you withhold corn, whoever was that? Oh, yeah, don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, the Bible said. Here's the animal, and he's working the, 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 the corn. And the Bible said if he gets hungry, let him lean over and eat a little bit. And he can keep working. And uh, that is given in the context of, of, of caring for God's servants. Uh, I'll give you just very quickly. Um, well, we, 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 the need we took up tonight, that, that email talks about how the humanitarian aid does not make it to the hungry mouths. Why? Because there's so much corruption and bribery in other countries. It does not make it to the hungry mouths. And uh, generosity leads to abundance. I love that little story. I mean, you know, Otto Koning was a missionary in New Guinea. And uh, fascinating stories about faith. And, and Brother Matt, oh, our first banquet we had, a stewardship banquet seven years ago or something, five, six, seven years ago, Brother Matt did a, uh, Brother Bush did a, a little rendition of the story, the widow lady. You remember that story? True story, church in small church in Pennsylvania. A little widow lady, her husband had died. She had small children. She, she didn't have a car. She didn't have a phone. She lived in a little tiny house, and she cleaned houses for a living. And a missionary came through, and she said, God, I wish I could give something to the missionary. I don't have anything. She said, Lord, if you'll give me something above what I need, give me some extra, I'll give it to the missionary. She, she, she walked to work. She worked for several men, different days of the week, and she would clean their house, big, huge houses. And she showed up at work on Monday morning. And as the man was going, the businessman was leaving to go to work, he said, she said, I want you to know I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that God blesses you and blesses your business. She cleaned all day. That man went to work and had the best Monday he had had ever in his business. He came home from work. And uh, he said, did you pray for me today? She goes, yeah, did my God answer my prayers? He said, I don't know what happened, but I had the best Monday I have ever had in the history of my business. And he pulled out a large bill and he said, I want, I thank you for praying for me. I want, I want you to take it. And she took that and she said, that's my mission's money. My mission's money. So she went the next day to her next client. Same thing. She said, I'm going to pray for you today. I'm pray for God bless your business today. The same thing ha- happened on day two. Each day that week, God blessed those men as that little widow lady who promised the Lord, the Lord, if you give me some extra, I'll give to the missions. And God said, I can hold you to that. And they, they came and blessed her. Now, here's the thing about it. None of them knew about each other. This guy was getting blessed and blessing her. And the next guy was getting blessed. And blessed but they didn't know about each other. Week number two went by, came, came up. It's the second Monday now. She's at house number one. And she said, uh, he said, you're going to pray for me today. He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to pray for you today. He had the best two Mondays in a row he'd ever had in his business. He came on. He said, I, I don't understand it. And he said, here, I want to bless you. And, I give you and, she, and she got another large bill. She said, oh, more money for the missionary. 
He said, look, can you pray for me every day? She said, no, sir. I pray for the man I'm working for each day. And I only work for you on Monday, so I'll pray for you on Monday. He said, well, work for me every day. He said, I can't do that. I have other obligations. This lady started getting blessing after blessing after blessing. And every time she turned, she'd give it away. She'd give it away. The, the, the men uh, were, were blessing her and didn't know about each other. And, and, uh, and one, of them, one of them saw she just had the same clothes and so forth like that. And, and he tried to give her more, you know, where she'd get more for herself. But she, she didn't keep it. She kept giving it away. He said, I'll, I'll fix that. He went down and found out who she rented from and paid an entire year of rent for that lady. She went to pay her rent, and somebody said, somebody paid your whole year. She goes, wow, that's how much money a month for the missionaries. They ended up paying her rent. These men uh, went to the, went where she said, one of the men said, where do you, where do you uh, get your groceries at? He went down to the grocer and said, put everything this lady comes in, everything, all of it goes on my account. She don't pay for anything in there. She didn't pay for groceries. A moving truck pulled up in front of her house, brought in all new furniture, dragged out to old. About two years went by, and a missionary came home on furlough and called the pastor of the church and said, I- I'd like to meet the donor in your church that's been so generous to us. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, don't you, don't you know about it? He goes, I don't think so. He said, well, we get $500 regularly from one of your members. He said, who is it? They said, well, her name is. He said, that's not it. That's impossible. She said, what is she? There ain't no way she'd give that. He said, well, we've been getting it every week. This lady was living, this is a number of years ago, she was living on a salary, four to $5,000 a year salary. A few months later, another missionary comes home on furlough. Same kind of call. The, the pastor of Pennsylvania, after several years of that, best of his recollection, best he could best he could figure on the records that were shared with him, she was giving away twenty five thousand dollars a year to missions, living, all that in her mind. This is, this is why I told the Lord, whatever He gives me above, I'll give it to Him. Now let me tell you something. God is looking for vessels he can pour his blessings through. Amen. Amen. Generosity leads to abundance. Look at verse number 27. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. But he that seeketh mischief, it shall come in him. Real quick. You'll find what you're looking for. Write it down. You'll find what you're looking for. If you're looking for trouble, you'll find it. By the way, he, he that diligently seeketh good. Do you know why folks get in trouble? Because they're not seeking good. If you're up to no good, it's because you're not up. If you're up to no good, it's because you're not up to good. Does that make sense? Uh, and when I, when I, I walked in Bible college, g- give me a few extra minutes tonight, okay? I walked in Bible college. I just got there. I, I was moving into the dorms, and an upperclassman walked up to me. He said, you going to quit? I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, no, no, I've already registered. He said, are you going to quit? I was like, quit what? You're going to quit Bible college? I was like, no, I'm, I'm already here. I, I was like clueless. I didn't know a bunch of people quit. I didn't know that. And uh, anyway, when I figured out what he said, I was like, no, I'm not planning to. 
He got kicked out of college. I worked my way, my, my dear beloved father. I'm not bitter about this. I'm just telling you the truth. He patted me on the back at 18. He said, now, son, you got uh, brothers and sisters at home still, and so you're 18. You'll be paying your own way through college. I knew it already, but he, I guess he felt like he had said it to me. He probably don't remember that, but I remember. He said, you'll pay your own way through school. I said, yes, sir, I know that. And can I tell you something? It took me five years to finish my four-year degree. It took me another two years to get a second uh, bachelor's degree. It was just a one-year degree is all it was. It was five, five years worth of school. It took me seven years to do it. I packed it into seven years. But one of the reasons why is I had to work. I had to work while I went to school. And, you know, one of the dearest friends I ever had in my life went to school with me, and, and he was called to preach and everything. I mean, he got out. He, he, he left. His buddies got kicked out. You know why? Because they didn't have nowhere to be on Friday night. I did. I had to be at work. I couldn't get in trouble. I was too busy. And young people, let me say, somebody might bless you and help you with their college, but let me go ahead and make you a recommendation. You go on to work anyway and just put the money back for later. Don't, don't be a loafer. Don't be a loafer. No, verse 28. Oh, we're getting close. The temptation of riches. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read the verse first. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall. The temptation of riches is to depend on them rather than the Lord. When we were in Israel, in in the old city of Jerusalem, throw that picture up there. Remember what the Bible said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember that? That little door right there, they call that the eye of a needle. That's what they call that. It's a huge door. That thing's about eight, ten inches thick. It's in the old, old city. And uh, it looks like you're walking back in time. But anyway, <laughs> this was a, was it a church. I think it was a church. We walked in there. We weren't supposed to be in there. And somebody said, uh, what are you doing here? I said, we just... We're just visiting. And they said, sorry, you can't be in here. And so anyway, but, it, but uh, so my, the point is this, and the guy pointed this out, and another door that was like this one, it's not this door, but he said this is what they call it, uh, the, uh, the eye of the needle. Uh, you could get a camel through that, but to do that, the camel would have to get down on his knees. He'd have to get real low. There's a good spiritual truth in there, isn't there? not impossible, but very difficult. Now, the Bible said here, he that trusteth in his riches shall fall. If you have your needs met, we're, if we have our needs met, we're blessed. Are we not? Amen. Verse 29. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. Here's a simple statement. Don't make trouble at home. <laughs> Don't make trouble at home. Look, make trouble out there. Make trouble at work. Don't make trouble at home. Amen? Happy home equals happy life. Listen, if a man can have the worst day of the world, but if he's coming home to a happy place, he has a happy life. Amen? I got a question for you. Is your house... Everybody listen to this statement. Okay? Is your house more or less peaceful because of your presence there. Amen. That's good for daddy. That's good for mama. That's good for kids. That's good for everybody in the house. Amen. Is your house more peaceful, more pleasant because you're there? Okay, look. Does everybody have a good time till you walk in? 
And uh, don't, don't make trouble at home. Two more. Verse 30. Great verse. He, the fruit of the righteous, is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Listen, this winning souls, that is a Bible truth. Amen? We turn that into a title, soul winner. We're going soul winning. Where'd that come from? The Bible. Amen? Amen. It's a Bible thought. He that winneth souls is wise. Here's it. Here it is. Be wise, period. Be a soul winner. Be wise. Be a soul winner. Amen? You will never read more practical truth than you will from a soul winning author. You will never hear more practical teaching and more practical truth than you will from a soul winning teacher. Several of you men said to me about Brother Goddard's Teaching at the couple street. It was so practical. One man said, I feel like I, I, like I can go home and I can like do this right now. You, you, let me tell you why. That man's a soul winner. That man's a soul winner. And God gives wisdom to soul winners. He gives wisdom to wise people. And the Bible says, if you win souls, you're wise. And guess what? It, it, it's just like inertia. It's like momentum. It, 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 the more you win, the more wise you, uh, you are. And the wise you are, the more you win. That is a Bible truth. God wants us to reproduce ourselves. The fruit of the righteous is not another piece of fruit. Watch that. The fruit of the righteous is what? If a, what is it? A tree of life. Listen, if we're doing right in this area, and by the way, by the way, for those, and there's nobody in this room, but for those who want to criticize aggressive, personal, confrontational soul winning, I have a, a proposition. Show us the right way to do it. That's good. I don't think y'all do that. Okay, show us the right way to do it. Show us, show us the folks that got saved. Show us the ones that, that, that they got saved the right way. It's, 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 it's so easy to slap it at, 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 at people who are trying to obey the Great Commission. And, and I, I don't know of anything any more discouraging than somebody say, well, where's all those people? Somewhere. Right. Sometime I won't know where you are. Maybe somebody's at home wondering if you're saved. Look, I, listen. Uh, yes, we ought to be conscientious. Yes, we ought to be spirit-filled. Yes, but we ought to be obedient. Should we read our Bibles, yes or no? Okay, should we pray, yes or no? Now, why do you say that? Because you have a Bible command. Well, guess what? you got a Bible can- command to win souls. Amen. Last one. Are you ready? Here we go. We're going to finish. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. Hey, payday's coming, right? If you're living right, you're doing right, it's not panning out. You keep doing right, payday's coming. That's the, that's, that's the little phrase, payday's coming, amen? The word recompense means uh, to reward or to repay. And the same is true for wicked people. Be not deceived, God is mock, not mocked whatsoever man soweth. Finish it, that shall he also reap. Well, we kept, we finished the chapter. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together.